1: absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell gmgp good morning good morning good morning good people it is monday july 17th 2023 y'all decided to wake y'all asses up ray g y'all know i appreciate you being in the building today training camp Woo! training camp pops off this week jay rich i'm excited baby i'm excited wake up crew i'm excited happy to have y'all in the damn building today who we got? Let's see who we got in the building. Job ja Webb. What's going down, baby? He's talking about pre-gaming. It's Monday. I'm not pre-gaming today, man. That's a Friday. Friday afternoon. Trip Crown was good with you L Wood in the building. What's happening with you L Wood. Uh who else we got? Man, Chris in the building, Rubio, DJ Take a Sip, Dynasty Berry, Gump in the building. Marlon, what's happening with you 7 Goat Rings? Was good with you Big Dog. Ty De Claire in the building. Leo Scott, David, wake up, fam. GM. What's going down with you, David? Good morning to you as well. Good morning to everybody out there. Thank y'all for tapping in the show. If it's your first time checking in live, make sure you hit the thumbs up button, like the content, and have some fun with us in the comments. Engage. We got a good show for you today. Again, training camp. I believe, J. Rich, correct me if I'm wrong, but this week, man, we got some stuff popping off this week for uh, training camp. And we were looking last night. My wife uh, asked Siri, when do preseason games start? August 3rd. Jay, Rick, we're right oh, around damn. the corner, babe. Dude, I know the Hall of Fame game, like it's right there. It's right there. So, Jay, how are you? How was your weekend? How are you doing this morning,
0: baby? I'm good, man. I'm good. My weekend was good. I uh, didn't do a whole lot. Just chilled. Getting excited for training camp and all that stuff. As you mentioned, training camp does open up tomorrow for rookies. So a lot of rookies do get to training camp tomorrow the Jets everyone's favorite team because they are on hard knocks the full team has to report tomorrow so we will see a lot of Jets highlights I'm sure Aaron Rodgers walking into the building with his fit whatever costume he chooses to go with this year we know we love to see guys rolling up training camp but yeah rookies report basically this week and then everyone will be at training camp on the 25th so that will be kind of the last day for everyone and all the vets to report so we'll see who shows up who doesn't show up and then right as we get into for this show franchise tag deadline day today we did see a signing yesterday but still three major ones that may may not come down the turnpike but we'll see what happens today four o'clock p.m is the deadline for that so be sure to be tapped into your phones because there will be plenty of information i'm sure flowing today in the nfl but ray we have a show to do how was your weekend though because i don't know if the people know this y'all were able to ditch the kids and yes. you were just you and the wifey just hanging out, chilling, man, living the life man, Must we have been great weekend for y'all. Yeah,
1: we were parlaying. So right after the wake up show last week, I don't we've got my grandparents. My mom doesn't live around me, so we don't have like close immediate family where we live. So in order for us to get a little bit of a break, we got to either take our kids to my mom's or my wife's mom. So I flew my boys to D.C. We left at like 3 a.m. on Tuesday dropped them off at my mom's and I flew back the same day at like 1 p.m. So I did a turnaround trip to D.C. Uh, the kids got to spend, are getting to spend two weeks with uh, grandma. So we're just like, dog, I just want to take vacation. Like, I, this is the <laughs> longest we've been without our kids since we've had them um, six years ago. Like, We don't even know what to do with ourselves. So we've been going out, eating brunch, drinking mimosas all day yesterday. Getting hammered, go. Got hammered off of mimosas, baby. Had your boy GQ twisted mimosas with yeah. cranberry juice, man. So we're having oh, a good time. Yeah, go. cra- no, no orange juice. I go cranberry with my mimosas. But uh, we're having a good time enjoying it. The kids are having fun with uh, Grandma. But it's fun. It's it's good. It feels uh Feels like old times again for the next five days. Hell and then, yeah. the, then the rascals come back and we get them for another 360 days straight. So <laughs> it's all good, baby. But Jay, y'all know, you know, we start this thing off with the icebreaker, right? I gotta get you. Yes, sir. This is always the barometer of how good the show is gonna be, is how Jay Rich. Answers the introduction question is going to determine how good the show is going to be. And we had a good show last week, Jay. So I want to have another good show uh, this week. We got training camp kicking off. So let's get it started. Shout out to the 33rd team. They tweeted this out a couple of days ago, two days ago. They tweeted this out and they were talking about on position. 33rd team is dope. Jordan Vanek comes on our show. Yep. Josh Larkey, my old co host over at FTN. Uh, but here's the question, Jay. So I want you to. Want you to want you to take a look at this and tell me what you think. So this is what they posed. They said, which running back draft class was better, 2008 or 2017? So let me give you your contestants from the 2008 running back class. You have Matt Forte, Chris Johnson, whom everybody in the comments told me that I was insane for picking prime shady over prime Chris Johnson. So you got CJ2K, Jamal yep. Charles, Jonathan Stewart, Ray Rice and Darren McFadden 2017 crazy class in 2017. My God. Yeah. Dalvin cook, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette. One more time. Forte, Johnson, Charles Stewart, Rice, McFadden, cook, Mixon, Jones, Kamara, McCaffrey, or Leonard Fournette. Jay, do not be prisoner of the moment. Recency bias here. 08, I know you were a young lad of probably 12, but let (laughs) us know which draft class was better, 08 or 2017 for the running backs.
0: I mean, Ray, if we're being honest, there's a couple names left off this list in 2017 that we know were in that class. I believe that was Chris Carson's year. I believe there's a couple other running backs as well. But you talk about just the talent across the board. Both these classes are great. But in my opinion, there's two kind of weak links, if I could call them weak links, maybe even potentially three weak links, Ray Rice, longevity in the league and overall total talent. Jeremy Fadden, great college player. Didn't quite put it all together in the NFL at the level we expected. You can say the same about Leonard Fournette as well. And then Jonathan Stewart, right? Kind of was a committee back, but had a bunch of great seasons as well. Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, the best running back of all time, Christian McCaffrey. And Leonard Fournette had a pretty good career himself. I have to go with 2017 here. Call me prisoner of the moment. Call me, you know, recency bias. All of those running backs are phenomenal and have hit at a very high level in the NFL. I love the talent of the other class in 2008. There's a ton of very high ceiling guys in Forte and Charles and Chris Johnson, but I absolutely love 2017. And Patrick said it, Cream Hunt, not even on the list, which is insane with how good that class is. Great list of running backs, but I have to go with 2017.
1: Who's the best running back on this list?
0: The best. Christian the McCaffrey, be- not close, not close. Greatest running back of all time, Christian McCaffrey. Don't even bother arguing me on it.
1: You're joking, right? Like, this is
0: I'm a joke. I'm dead j- serious. This is a
1: joke. Dude, Christian
0: McCaffrey's great greatest running- of all- the, the, for For the same reasons that people, people can argue that Shohei Otani is not the greatest baseball player of all time, Christian McCaffrey's the greatest running back of all time. He's the best running back in probably the toughest era of football to play running back. Because he does everything. He does everything, man. I love Christian McCaffrey. He's the best running back of all time. Jay. Of all time. Okay.
1: So... I, I agree with you. Stewart is the weak link in this one for the 08 class. But Ray Rice, listen, we're talking about Ray Rice on the field, not Ray Rice off of the field. Ray <laughs> Rice in his second season in the NFL, Jay. Second year was a second-team All-Pro running back. Thirteen thirty-nine on the ground on 254 carries. Get this. 101 targets, 78 receptions, 702 yards. As his, as a second year running back, he was second Pretty team all pro twice, a three time Pro Bowler. I'm just he went four straight years after his rookie year of 1100 plus yards on the ground, and at minimum in those four years, Jay 478 receiving yards and 61 receptions was his lowest was his floor. I mean, he's giving you Joe Flacco be getting him the ball five six seven hundred yard receiving yards a season. So I'm just. I'm just saying, when he was on the field, Ray Rice was pretty damn good. But looking at this list, I mean, Johnson, Charles, Forte were dope. I guess you got to go 2017. I guess you got to go. I guess you got to go 2017. And we know it
0: goes deeper than that too. We know, like the fact that and, Hunt's and, in that class, right? And, is, is wild. And, and Carson's and, in that class too.
1: And I got to go with Marcus. I, I'm with you. I think Marcus is right. You mean the softest era
0: of football? I, I, this, you say so. It's it's space and pace, baby. That's all it is. Yeah, it's just not I, as hard hitting. You don't got 260 pound linebackers anymore. You got to yeah, be Fred this, Warner. This
1: is not it's the. I don't believe this is the most difficult time to play running back. If anything, you can't even tackle in you football anymore. You get paid anymore. the least? Must, must be the... Well, that's a whole different conversation for, for a different... We're going to uh, get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that. People getting paid and who's not getting paid. But all right, you went with 2017, and I think I agree with you, even though the 2018 class... He has some dope players. I think we're on the same page, but I completely disagree with you about Christian McCaffrey even being a top ten running back all time. Let alone the best. He's not top ten. No way. No way. We're not not talking fantasy football running back, running back of all time. There's he's not even top. He's not even top ten. No way. Easily. No. Easily. Absolutely. Man plays two positions. Christian McCaffrey over Damian Tomlinson. Adrian Peterson.
0: Yeah, I'd take him over LT. I think LT is the the case. I don't know if I would. I I would take him over LT, but I think LT is the case. You can take off the headphones. You don't have to listen. I love Christian McCaffrey. I love LT. Dominant, phenomenal running back. But I have to take Christian McCaffrey. I love Christian McCaffrey. Love Christian McCaffrey. All right, man. Let's
1: let's let's I'm not even trying to get. I'm not going to let you get me worked up today. I'm in a good space. I'm not going to let you do that to me so we're just gonna roll into underdog fantasy because you are absolutely banana land wild right now
0: Uh, uh. from the biggest and brightest stars to the last round pick we have you covered for everything on underdog fantasy let's get into it and let's get that money baby all right so this is the riders and fallers from underdog over the past week in the top 150 no surprise here we will get into the news a little bit later but alvin kamara is the biggest riser of the week because he beat his felony case look at Ray Ray's so excited he's dropping the air horns Alvin Kamara beat his felony case he pleaded no contest and he will probably not be suspended for a significant portion of the year we expect somewhere in the realm of four to six games but with that felony charge being dropped the worst case for us is definitely over so you will see Alvin Kamara's price continue to rise Ray you've been talking about it over the past week and probably even more than that about Alvin Kamara and what he could do in the Saints offense because now they do have Derek Carr they did bring in Kendra Miller I'm sure over the fears of potential suspension they brought in jamal williams as well but if we're talking about one of the highest upside running backs in fantasy football alvin kamara is still that guy so to see him rising makes a ton of sense where he ultimately lands up we'll see but nico collins sky Moore as well rising that KC bias of course has to be factored into underdog because training camp is coming so those sky more clips are coming deontay johnson finally getting his respect and kj Austin realizing that he could be the wide receiver two in minnesota i don't project it but It is something that could definitely happen. Isaiah Pacheco may not be healthy for training camp. He had surgery on his hand and torn labrum which he ha- played through the Super Bowl with, so he may not be ready for camp, which opens on the 22nd. So we may see a lot of Dendrick Prince hype starting tomorrow when Casey reports to training camp. You have Juju, who's hurt. Kendra Miller, obviously, following with the Alvin Kamara news. Samajay so Piron is interesting because Javante Williams said his plan, Ray, his personal plan, is to be cleared for training camp on July 25th. So we'll see what happens with that. Now, people are talking about Traylon and Hopkins. None of that's been factored in yet, but we will see those trends start to happen. Whether we see Hopkins go up or down will be interesting but fully expect Traylon to fall throughout the week. Ray, yeah. do you have any thoughts on any of these guys? Do you want to talk about Alvin Kamara and what you expect for him this season? Because you've been all over him. You've said pass pick 100, dude's an auto lock pick, got to take him every time. But how do you feel about Kamara and kind of how he's falling in some of these underdog drafts right now?
1: Well, I was on the uh, Underdog Fantasy Show with Josh Norris last week, and I told people that I was, to, I was going to try to pump up that Alvin Kamara ADP. I mean at least the felony is 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 over right? He's, he settled yep. that part of his case it's looking like anywhere from 4 to 6 with Nick Underhill and other people saying they would take the under if it if the line was set at 6 if he yep. misses four games the ADP of 100 it's it's up now it's up to like 95 94 when I was doing a couple of drafts last night but when he was in the, like, 100s and going behind Javonta Williams and Samaj P. Ryan, and though, that's kind of the range. A.J. Dillon range. Like, give, give me, give me, I, I don't, listen, man, when he's back on the field, he's still having Kamara. Yes, he only had four touchdowns last year. The Saints were just a bad team under Dennis Allen with Andy Dalton. Say what you want about Derek Carr, but I believe that the addition of Derek Carr in New Orleans is an upgrade over Andy Dalton if you can get Michael Thomas on the field. I'm not even saying he has to be MT from 2019, but just be able to play. Take some pressure off of Chris Olave. You've got Juwan Johnson, and you have Froster Moreau, who's healthy and and recovered and going to play. Might be playing. One of the things that you don't want Alvin Kamara doing is is slamming him up the middle, and they've had to utilize him as this bell cow runner over the past couple of years. Look at how many carries he received over the last two years, and then when he was effective outside of the 21 touchdown season, he was in tandem with another running back. So when you bring in a Jamal Williams, when Alvin Kamara is back from his suspension, whether that's two or four or six games, he's going right back into the same role that he was in. He's going to be the guy. And in a contest like a Weekly Winners, where it sort of benefits you to have the, the handcuff running back week to week, I think Kamara-Jamal Williams are a great combination. You sort of have your bases covered. This is not going to be the Kendra Miller show. I don't know why people are so—I love Kendra, but Jamal Williams is the veteran. Jamal Williams was paid. Jamal Williams has got that dog in him, right? He's got the heart. He's the leader. He's the captain. He's going to be the fill-in until Kamara's back. And when Kamara's back, Kamara's going to be the baller. So I like his cost right now uh, on underdog. I like it in dynasty. I like it in redraft. I like it in the Scott Fish Bowl. Um, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I think his game is fine and he's going to be just okay when he gets back on the field. Uh, good to see Deontay Johnson getting bumped up a little bit. And finally, finally, KJ Osborne, I keep telling people, I know everybody loves Jordan Addison and we think he's going to come in at 1,500 yards as a rookie, but Jordan Addison is the future. He's the future wide receiver too for the Minnesota Vikings. KJ Osborne is not going away. They're not going to just put him on the bench. He's not going to not get targeted, get his opportunity. So, Love Addison. I'm a little less optimistic in year one for Addison, but I love him long-term. We're talking about a seasonal game, not dynasty. Give me a little KJ Osborne at cost and underdog. So I'm cool with it, man. I'm
0: cool, man. So I do have one more question for you, Ray, about Kamara, because there is the world where he doesn't get suspended at all. And I'd be curious how high his ADP would rise if he wasn't suspended, because you see Joe Mixon up in the fifth round, fourth round, and we'll get into Joe Mixon. Now he's been solidified on the Bengals, but how high do you think Kamara could end up going if we see no suspension by the time the season comes around?
1: I asked Norris this. I said, if you knew without a shadow of a doubt, Kamara was not going to be suspended, where would you have him ranked? And I think he said... Um, somewhere in the Alexander Madison range. So wherever Madison okay. is yeah, going, fifth round. that's that's what he said. About fourth, fifth round. It was he was like somewhere probably. Yeah. If you told me no suspension or two games, he's like Alexander Madison range, maybe a little bit higher. Yeah. And I looked at it, I was like, for yeah, sure, maybe a little higher. But that's that's about appropriate for a player like Kamara. So yeah, man. And Jay, I'm sorry, I can't. I'm not. I can't get over the the start. I just can't. We got to circle back to this. Jay, I want you to beat, like, for real. No bullshit, man. Like, I'm not playing around with you right now. Right. I'm going to read some names off, and you legitimately tell me, is CMC If I've a watched better... him play
0: football. Okay, cool.
1: That one, that's the <sighs> most important. The answer to that is probably no. But is CMC okay. a better running back than this player? Barry Sanders. Okay. Yes, I think he's better than Barry
0: Sanders. I don't know why people just, like, love Barry Sanders. Just he's keep... a great me... running back. But, yes, give me Christian McCaffrey or Barry Sanders. Jim Brown. Sure, Walter. I've never watched Jim Brown play Walter, football. Walter yeah, he's Payton. better than Walter Payton. Adrian he's better than Pe- Walter Payton.
1: Adrian Peterson. See, AP, you could just you can yes make the case no. for we AP. Don't have all I'll day, say but yes or no. I I like Christian McCaffrey
0: more than AP. Yes,
1: Ladainian Tomlinson.
0: That's the only case. If you want to take Emm- LT, I'm fine with it. That's a, that's a push.
1: Emmitt Smith. He's
0: better than Emmitt Smith. Yeah, easily. Mar- Marshall Falk. Easily better than Marshall Falk. Eric Dickerson. I've never watched Eric Dickerson play in my life. Curtis Martin. Yeah, he's Martin. better than Eric Dickerson. Curtis Martin. He's better than who is Curtis Martin? Is he even a real running back? and James. Yeah, he's better than Edgerrin James. Edgerrin James was good though. Man, I, I really you're just going you like all these guys. I know these are the I know these are the running backs of your youth, but damn, I mean, you got Marshall Fall, greatest offense in history, just, right? You know some great I, running backs. Some great I, I, running backs. Okay, all right, Jay. Well, some listen. great running backs.
1: Listen, we need to get into what's going on in the NFL, and this, we do. Is, this is going, going to this is going to burn me to the core. So, those of y'all in the comments, don't blame me. Don't come for me. It's Jay Rich today. Let's get into what's happening around the NFL because there's a lot of big shit going down. So, let's get it.
0: I don't know what's happening. I don't know what he's doing. What the hell is going on? What's up? What's
1: happening? All right, Jay, we've got uh, some news that popped off yesterday. What do we have in the league baby what do we have
0: so you want to start with joe mixon because we did get it. finally the deal with joe mixon he restructured his contract with the Bengals. had to take about a four million dollar pay cut 5.4 million base two million in incentives i think this contract is really interesting not only because of joe mixon staying in cincinnati But i think it provides a sort of baseline for what we could see from a zeke from a cook from a fournette right i'm sure dalvin cook wants a lot more than seven million dollars to play football this year we've already heard how he's declined contracts from the dolphins and in my opinion he is a better running back than uh joe mixon but the issue here is that joe mixon is valuable to the bengals all these running backs have no value to any of these teams and no loyalty to any of them as well so i think that makes things difficult for them but i love Mixon staying in Cincinnati, obviously, it's the best fit for him. We'll see how he ultimately performs this year, because at times last year, he looked cooked. like He did not look good. Had that five touchdown game, and all of a sudden, everyone's back in on Joe Mixon. So, Ray, do you have any thoughts on Mixon staying in Cincinnati beyond simply, thank God, because it's probably the best place for him? And then the other question is, we were kind of on potentially sleeper of Chase Brown. Is that completely dead now with Mixon in the fold?
1: So mixing last year, and I, I, you know, I'm going to assume a lot of it had to do. I mean, I don't know really where it came from, but it was RB seven points per game last year. Did you know that? It was RB seven. Yeah. So he scored fifty five points
0: in one week. So that, well, and
1: that's not going to say how much did that balloon it. But again, sixty receptions, four hundred receiving yards, three point nine a carry last year. I, I don't, I, I don't know what. I don't really know much about the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line, Jay. I don't know if it's—they just have a bad offensive line, if it was Mixon, if it was the O-line. Like, I'm not—I'm not—I'm not sure, right? Like, I'm not—I don't want to speak too definite on that as far as the situation. But as far as Joe Mixon, yeah, it was the best-case outcome for him. I know we sit back and we feel like Joe Mixon's, like, 50 years old. But, I mean, he's 26—26 years old. he would be 27 years old during the start of the season. He's still relatively young— Yes, he looks like he's lost a little bit of a step, but that happens, right? I think he can still be effective in this high-flying offense. We know that that teams won't be able to key in on the run because they have so many pass-catching weapons. So um, I think the big takeaway is, thank goodness he's back. For those of us who have Joe Mixon, I think he's going to assume his same role. What's interesting is that there isn't a, a definite behind him right now. I know for a while it took a lot of us in the fantasy space to kind of come to terms with Samaje Piran being that backup running back. Like, we didn't want to believe it for mm-hmm. so long. Can't be Peron, No way. And then it's like, oh, shit, it is Peron. So it's going to be interesting throughout camp to see who emerges as that backup running back to Joe Mixon because for whatever reason, the Bengals outside of last year have seemed reluctant to incorporate him in the receiving game as a full-time featured player Whoa. in that role. Last year, he did it. But before that, 30 receptions, 43-21. They've seemed reluctant and hesitant to utilize him in that space. But now, they really kind of have a bunch of unproven guys. Travion Williams, yep. Chase Brown. It seems like it may be full workload mixing here in 2022 to a degree, in 2023 to a degree. So, am I, like, giddy for joy? Am I expecting some 1,500-yard rushing season from Joe Mixon? no. I'm not, but you do have a starting running back who should operate as the primary ball carrier, have good opportunity on a great offense. So yeah, give me some Joe Mixon, man. I mean, he's been he's been good the past five years in the league. He's been very good. So um, let's run it back with Joe Mixon. I mean, that's all I really have for, for this one. Is there anything else that you have that you want to add to it? What are you doing with Mixon? He is what he is, man. He's an older running back, grinder kind of back. You're hoping for the opportunity.
0: Yeah, I think you kind of laid out the case pretty well. Um, I think, you know, like you mentioned, the biggest surprise was actually that he had 75 targets last season, yeah. right? For a guy who apparently doesn't play on third downs and doesn't catch the ball, he caught a hell of a lot of passes last season, right? And part of that is because Cincinnati Bengals, I believe, have the highest neutral pass rate in the NFL. So that will help a lot. They're passing a lot on first and second down on non-passing downs. But the bigger concern, like you mentioned, Mixon only scored five, seven rushing touchdowns last year and five were in one game so with that being said or at least i think maybe one of those was receiving touchdown but you talk about most of his touchdowns work in one game but i still think in that offense that number could go way up it just depends on how much do they throw versus how much do they pass in the red zone they will pass in the red zone a lot we know that with joe burrow but i think there is definitely opportunity for him to score some more touchdowns and marcus did put it in the chat as well orlando brown signing is pretty big for them because we saw what he did for patrick mahomes in the super bowl and for the chiefs last season so then bringing him in is pretty big and hopefully can provide a stalwart at left tackle for joe burrow and the those Bengals. Whether Mixon has the juice, I don't know, man. We didn't really see too many good things on the ground for Mixon, but if he can see those 75-ish targets, and as you mentioned, very little competition in terms of targets in the backfield right now, at least the way we see it, he could be in line for another, you know, 65, 75 targets again, which would provide a great floor for us in fantasy.
1: So I'm looking at PFF, and according to PFF, the Bengals' pass pass blocking grade last year, Jay, you want to know where it ranked?
0: 31st. Probably not quite dead last.
1: 31st in the NFL. The only team yeah. that had a worse grade were the Tennessee Titans. Behind the Jets, behind the Texans, behind the Rams, behind the Colts, behind the Commanders. The Bengals had the second worst pass blocking grade in the NFL last year, and their run, run blocking grade, Jay, was no better. It was 21st. So the question... And they I'm ran just, the
0: ball, I think, the second fewest in the NFL. I think it was the Bills yeah. who only ran the ball less. And and Mixon still had 200 carries on, I think, only like 320 rushing attempts from the Bengals as a team.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, again, I would assume that the offensive line is not great, which probably would indicate to some of the reasons why that yeah. yard per carry average is so low and why Joe Burrow get touched so much in that backfield. So hopefully the addition of Orlando Brown and you know Jonah Williams could step it up. They could be a little bit better for Cincinnati. But yeah, I mean, I'm glad Joe Mixon ultimately ended up back with... um with Cincinnati. That's probably the best place for him to be, Jay. But we had another another young player that seemed to be left for dead by the by the fantasy masses uh get some pretty big money. What else we got popping off uh in the NFL?
0: Well, Ray, with the franchise tag deadline, there was four players remaining And they were Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, and the only guy who got signed, Evan Ingram. He re-signed with Jacksonville Jaguars for a three-year deal, $41 million, 24 million guaranteed. So locked in with T-Law for at least two years through his rookie contract. I think this is great news. And we can talk about the implications of Ridley, of Christian Kirk. But most importantly, if you did invest in Evan Ingram last year, you're in a really good spot right now because we saw what he did in that offense last season. And I think he can replicate similar things, even with Ridley coming in. His role is just a little bit different than what they need out of Ridley and what they need out of Kirk we'll see how that kind of works with zay jones also being there and all kind of all these pieces how they come together drafted tank bigsby have travis Etienne, who now is being realized as a bit of an overrated pass catcher but Ingram i think is locked into a great role and probably can be another top seven eight tight end i believe he was tight end seven last season i think he can replicate a similar type of production even with ridley there but We'll see what, how much they ultimately pass, because I think they do want to run the ball a lot. That's why they drafted Tank Bigsby. But re-signing Evan Ingram is huge for this offense as a whole. And if you have Trevor Lawrence, you have to be happy with this signing. But, yeah. Ray, I think the question remains that people need to kind of think about a little bit is Ridley is on a fifth-year option this year. He is a pending mm-hmm. UFA. Do you think that matters at all going forward when you talk about this offense? Because we know that T-Law is locked in. Christian Kirk, I believe, is only locked in guaranteed for this season. And after that, he could kind of get restructured, rework his deal a little bit. And then obviously they have T-Law uh, and ETN. But Evan Ingram is kind of potentially going to be the longest tenured player on this team for the next couple of years.
1: Man, I don't know who tweeted it out. I know you saw it though, but somebody said that this signing, that they, that they think it's their read on the situation is Calvin Ridley's the one who could be looking like the one-year rental, right? He goes in there, mm-hmm plays well, signs a bigger deal somewhere else next year. There's a lot of there's a lot of bodies in Jacksonville right yep. now. I mean, you've got you've got a lot of weapons and all of these things in my opinion they bode well for the man Trevor Lawrence, right? You've got three, four capable pass catchers out there, Jay, and then that doesn't even include Absolutely. some of the young guys that they drafted, right? They picked up a Brenton Strange, the tight end out of Penn State, and they mm-hmm. got his teammate Parker Washington later on in the draft, but you've got Zay Jones, you have Calvin Ridley, you have uh, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne, Tank Bigsby. I mean, offensively, at least from a skill position standpoint, uh, this Jacksonville team feels loaded offensively, Jay. You know, there there should be zero excuses. We should get a phenomenal season out of Trevor Lawrence this year with uh, Doug Peterson as head coach. This is great for Evan Ingram. And one of those things where, you know, that— The pathway for players isn't always like, uh, it's not always just, it doesn't always go up like an elevator, right? It doesn't just, from rookie year, they just get better every single year until they're not. Sometimes it's, it's, everyone's path is a little different. Sometimes it's a little bumpy, a little roller coaster. And Evan Ingram definitely, you know, had to go through some of those struggles early in his career, right? Highly drafted, injuries, drops, team kind of gave up on him that originally drafted him. Came in, one-year deal, proved himself, worked well, and now it's paid off for him. So kudos to Evan Ingram. And if you've got him in Dynasty, big bump to his Dynasty value is another one of those tight ends that you can just draft confidently and at least say for the next two years, uh, I've got a starting tight end locked into place. We don't want to go too far out past that. I'm going three, four, five years. At least the next couple of years, you know you've got you a rock-solid starter with some high-end upside. And Evan Ingram. So really like that for the Jaguars, like that for Evan Ingram and love it for Trevor Lawrence. Jay, I think it was a phenomenal signing. Uh, And you talked about uh, a couple of other guys um, who had not been signed. So do you want to get into what's going to happen today at 4 p.m.? Let's set the table because it's a big day, big day NFL wise. So what do we have the deadline for today? 4 p.m.?
0: So we have the players who have been franchise tagged by their teams. They have to come to a signing by 4 p.m. today, or they will have to either sign the franchise tag or hold out. And that's basically their two options right now. As we've been hearing in the news for days on end, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, not so much with Tony Pollard. I'm not as concerned about him, but 4 p.m. today, if they don't sign... That's when we're on holdout watch. We already know Josh Jacobs, and I believe Saquon Barkley as well, not reporting to training camp, probably going to hold in for both those guys. And none of these guys, I believe, have signed the franchise well, tag as well. Sh- let's
1: start with Saquon Barkley. Love. Let's start with Saquon Oof, Barkley. Saquon. Let's, let's go down the order. We got we got a sheet here, Jay. So let's start with Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, I mean, arguably... He's the hardest arg- case arg- right now. Arguably one of the top 5 running backs in the NFL, dynamic weapon. We all know him. What are the Giants doing with him? Are the Giants are they going to do you think that they're going to come to an agreement, get this signed and do you think that Saquon Barkley plays week 1 of the season?
0: I don't think they're going to come to an agreement at least for this deadline, what ultimately becomes of the situation later on. And does he sign the tag? I think he will, but I don't think it's a great sign that he's already saying that he may not play in week one. And so from that standpoint, it's like, is he just posturing? Is he trying to gain leverage? Is he trying to make them nervous? Because we know that he's their team. He was the entire offense last season. And if it wasn't him, it was Daniel Jones, because we know the pass catchers did next to nothing for them. So you look at what they need in out of saquon barkley this season and what they have behind them who we can get into those guys a little bit but they need saquon barkley to play and they didn't really want to pay him and so that's a bit of a problem for them because they chose to pay daniel jones right they tried to pay saquon and jones didn't really work out had to ultimately franchise saquon and now he's like well you know i don't know how i feel about this i may not go to training camp i may not play week one i don't think the deal is getting done today especially and i think there is a chance he holds out all the way to week one And even beyond that, because he knows how much they need him, and that's his only leverage. But it's important to point out, all three of these guys have to play six games to accrue a season of eligibility in the NFL, otherwise they won't be deemed free agents next year. So if they don't sign and they don't play, they can just be tagged again. But we'll see what happens with Saquon, because I think he's the the hardest case, because his team is in contention, and they really need him, but does he want to play for just $10.5 million?
1: Yeah, Leo said it. A couple of other people, Ricardo said it, Daniel
0: Jones is lost without Saquon for real. What does Jones
1: look like without Barkley? Um, I don't think it would be good. I'll just say that. I think they if oh, if the bad. if the Giants Giants were a playoff team last year and they should contend for a playoff spot this year. Not only did they make the playoffs last year, they knocked off the number two seed in the Minnesota Vikings last year in the playoffs. So this is the team that we expect to take a little step forward, right? Offensive line, you've got Andrew Thomas, one of the best left tackles in football. Evan Neal was a little disappointment last year. Drafted high out of Alabama, started off at right tackle, probably staying at right tackle as good as Andrew Thomas is. But they drafted John Michael Smith, the big center, out of Minnesota. This is a team that is expected to continue to contend. They bring in Darren Waller. They bring back the receivers that they had last year. And I know they weren't special, but there is chemistry with Daniel Jones But the straw that stirs that drink is Saquon Barkley, right? It is Saquon. You need the threat of him out of the backfield as a receiver and the damage that he can do on the ground. So without having him in the system, without having him on the field, this would not be good. I do not believe that Matt Breida, Gary Brightwell, Ja'Shawn Corbin, whoever they have, Eric Gray, they're not going to be able to come in and provide the type of impact. So... Giants better figure out a way to get this shit done. If not, what do you you kind of you're kind of wasting the kind of prove it year for Daniel Jones and Darren Waller? They gotta figure out a way to get it done. I think if I had to if if I had to put the probability on Saquon Barkley, like the confidence level of him being there week one, let's say 10 being the most confident, one being the least confident. I'd say I'm probably like at like a seven, five, eight for Saquon being there. Wow, that week
0: that's one. pretty confident. I, I, think that's they're pretty confident. Figure, I
1: think they got they've got to figure it out. There, there's no way they're going into season with Breeda or Eric Gray or okay, Sean Corbin. But let's no way.
0: But let's think about this a little bit. Cause we we have three running backs, right? But we're talking Saquon right now. There is also a few running backs that are on the waiver wire right that's now true. that can be picked up. They could go out and sign a Dalvin like if if Saquon Barkley doesn't want to play for 10 million they could go out and sign Dalvin Cook for, for probably 9000000 million. He'd probably take that deal, right? Playing on the Giants, you know, he'll get the volume. They could sign a Zeke. They could sign a Fournette. These guys are available. So I think that makes Saquon's position, Josh Jacobs' position, even tougher because if they really want to go out and sign a guy because they just want a body, they could easily do that, or you'd think in theory they could easily do that. So that's where I think it becomes a tough position for Saquon. He wants a long-term deal. He wants security. He wants more than $10.5 million, which is fine, and I think he deserves that. But when there's these caliber of backs available, it makes that decision to go out and sign one that much more difficult. I think you look at the running back landscape that we have right now, the Giants aren't really hard pressed to sign Saquon as maybe people may think because these guys are available. Does he want to play there and do these guys want to play there? That's a question. But if you're telling me that, you know, I'm going to put you in the Saquon Barkley role and I'm Zeke Elliott, I'm Fournette, I'm Dalvin Cook, sign me up for that because you know you're getting probably 250 touches and another 50 targets. Here's okay. I'm pretty Jay. happy with that if someone's paying me eight to nine million.
1: They're not gonna like honestly, man, if it's between a million dollars, they're gonna sign Saquon Barkley. They're not gonna go freaking bring in Dalvin Cook over a million dollar gap. They're like, they're just not. I'm just I'm just telling no, you. No, but, but
0: but but no, but hold on, because Saquon wants, remember, he wants 13, 14 million. He doesn't want to pay play for that 10 and a half. So if he says I'm not playing for the 10 and a half, you could probably sign someone for nine, eight million dollars, right? I, you don't want to pay for the 10. I am no problem.
1: I am 8.5 now confident Saquon Barkley will be back. Like, I'm just, I'm not, I'm confident he'll be back. I'm at a 6. Will will he, will he, will he do the veteran? I'm not doing some of this practice stuff. Maybe, probably. He's 27 years old, going on 27, probably. But I don't think there's any world in which he doesn't play for the Giants this year. I'm not... I'm not worried about that. Like I really am not. I'm not worried about that. He doesn't feel like
0: them. that type of guy, at least. No, who I'm would hold out and that. not play, no, but it's no. his his words though are definitely of hear. the contrary. Maybe it's maybe it's just trying to posture, trying to trying to but we'll see. We'll see. But do I you want to get lot- into your Vegas Raiders?
1: Yes. I've got a lot less confidence in this one, Jay.
0: <laughs> so go ahead and talk about it so the las vegas review journal reports that the raiders and unsigned franchise player josh jacobs are not expected to agree to a long-term extension by monday's deadline this report came out two days ago so it was on saturday afternoon that we saw this report and this has kind of been the theme all off season we did never really thought that josh jacobs and the raiders were going to come to a deal and it becomes much more difficult when you're talking about a raiders team that basically is going nowhere. We know that they are dead last in the division. At least we expect them to be even behind the Denver Broncos. And Jacob's coming off his best statistical season where he was phenomenal, ran through injuries, played every single game. And Ray, I don't know if you knew this, he scored 100% of the Raiders rushing touchdowns in 2023. Derek Carr didn't score any, none of the backer running backs scored any, none of the wide receivers scored any. Every time they got to the goal line, they handed it to one man and one man only, and that was Josh Jacobs. He wants his money and deservedly so, but is he gonna get it? Probably not. And have all the players that could potentially hold out, Josh Jacobs is absolutely Jay. number one on the list and it's not close. What Jay. is your confidence, one <laughs> out of
1: 10 on Josh Jacobs? Uh, like realistically, like a two. Like a two, yeah, like it a feels two, like, it. like a two. And he's drafted the thing. so here's high, the thing. too. Here's the thing, so high. The running backs have no leverage. You got to play six games to accrue the season. You have to do that in order to push the the NFL calendar clock forward. So there, there it does you no good to not play football. Melvin Gordon, yeah. he said it was the worst mistake he's ever made of of that holdout or whatever you yeah. want to call it. Right. I think Jacobs will sign something eventually. He will. But okay. here is here is where I have low confidence in Jacobs. Last year, I mean, he played through every injury. I mean, hamstring, yep. ankle. The dude didn't practice for like two straight months, but still pulled it out, played, and he led the NFL in rushing. He was phenomenal. And do you remember how Josh Jacobs' season started last year, Jay?
0: You remember it our season. the preseason
1: yeah, in the fourth I, quarter of week it, one not of preseason week one we are going fourth to quarter. play you in the fourth that is I, I'm trying to think of how that is disres- the ultimate
0: indictment to like fantasy people if you play in the fourth quarter of a preseason if, game you suck like you're terrible you, and if, never gonna play
1: if you play past the first series in the preseason game if you're oh, a yeah. starter you're I I don't know how disrespected Josh so Jacobs had to have felt if you are playing in the fourth quarter of the Hall of Fame game, which is really like week zero, that's not even yeah. really preseason week one. That is like glorified practice. And they got him out there playing in the Hall of Fame game. He comes out there, balls balls out for the Raiders in, in the year in which normally when that happens, you get a deal, right? Normally you ball yep. out at that stage, you get the deal. The Raiders said, nah, we're, we'll offer you this, but we're not going to give you a long-term deal. I don't think there's a chance in L Jacobs is fighting through them injuries this year. I can't see it, Jay. Once he yep. gets enough, he can cruise him six games. The because here's the thing: I was talking. Uh, I saw my boy Ryan Lopes, man, big Raiders fan. Okay, said he's never been this low on a Raiders team. It's been like two years since he's been this low on a Raiders team, so it's bad. Like there are no yeah expectations for the Raiders to do anything really of consequence this year. Like low. You really think that Jacobs in week 17, week 16, is going to be grinding it out for the love of his team, for the respect of the organization, week 17 of of this NFL season without a deal? No. I don't... He's not doing that. Jay, here's the better question. How confident are you Josh Jacobs is available? Week 17, fantasy championship, you need him. 10 being the most confident one being the least confident that you will actually, I don't give a damn if it's dynasty, redraft, underdog. Is Josh Jacobs going to be
0: there week 17? I'm not even joking. I'm probably at like a 0.5. Like I I would go below one if I could. I'd go almost zero because as you mentioned, like there's no reason for him to play. And we see this happen in the NFL all the time. Like when teams are out of it and they just don't, like they have no hope. Why would you play your star running back on the franchise tag? Why would he want to play? He'd be like, ah, in practice, my hamstring. My, ah, I can't play, right? They'll play Zamir White instead. So you talk about down the stretch, especially after he's maybe played some games, had some good games, accrued his six games for the eligibility. His money's already guaranteed anyways, whether he plays or not. If I was Josh Jacobs, I'd probably fake an injury too and not play. So it's a big point there. You talk about Saquon. Tony Pollard should be in contention, should play the full season if they play and want to play and are available to play. But in the case of Jacobs, they're going to be out of it, probably in the top 10 in terms of picks uh, heading into 2024 draft. So not looking good for what Jacobs. I think it's a very fair point. To what's the, Ra- the first pick.
1: No, what's the Raiders win total? You look up the win total, and I'm just going to say this, man. We're living in this age now, Jay, where players, especially in the NFL, I, I feel like there's been an awakening I feel like they kind of they they kind of know, especially these running backs. Man, they know that they've been like they're getting screwed. They know that they play a shit position that's devalued by the NFL. Austin Eckler was talking about his deal and saying that backup receivers are making more money than than he is. Like I think these players know that, and
0: the total is surprisingly high. It's about they're projected for around seven wins or so. Six and a half, seven is about the number because it's they That's do it in a weird I, format now. But yeah, it's it feels like a lot though for the Raiders. Like, just, they should be a team that could win like four or five games. Like, are you surprised that the Rams are are hot lower than them? Because I'm a little surprised. I view them kind of in similar lights. They're, they're both pretty bad teams,
1: man. They're 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 both, <laughs> both real they're both they're both pretty bad teams. But uh, the the Jacobs one just really and it has nothing to do with injury, but it has to do with value respect. And this may be his last. His first and last big Only, payday. Yeah. Big payday for the running back position, right? Jacobs is still... How old is he? He's... He's, he's 25. H- how? He's been in the league like twenty five years. He's been yeah, in the league like nine his, years.
0: His year... He's going to 25... He's 25 and a half right now. Wow.
1: So still, yeah. still young. I mean, he's still Very young. young. Yeah. So if I'm Jacob... And he just turned 25 a couple of months ago. So... You're talking yep. about a player who's insanely talented, RB3 on the season last year. And people shit on Jacobs, J. but since he's coming to the NFL, no, uh, he has not finished lower than RB15 point per game since he's come to the league. 15, 12, 13, and 3. So talking about one of the best running backs in the league, still relatively young, played all yep. 17 last year. Get Jacob Only some money, year, man. though.
0: Bad. Only year he played all seventeen, right? But three hundred forty carries, sixteen hundred fifty yards, crazy twelve touchdowns, crazy. like sixty four targets on top of is, that. This like is four hundred opportunities, and, and this is the reason why
1: I do not mind or care about players trying to get their money. You you pound him three hundred forty times. I mean, that was a hundred. up. Oh, dude, his career high was two seventy three. You give him 340, yep. then you give him all the work in the receiving game, and then you say, we still don't want to pay you after year four? I, I have mm-hmm. low confidence in Jacobs being there, Jay. That's all. That's you know, all do, you know
0: what the next, do you know what the next highest in attempts were for the Raiders? Just take a guess. And it wasn't even a running back. It was Derek Carr. Wow. How many attempts? It was to- Derek Carr with 24 attempts, Brandon Bolden 17, Zemira White seventeen. That's it. 34 attempts to non-Josh Jacobs running backs. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jay,
1: we got another running back who will not sign. And this one just, it breaks my heart, Jay. But they ain't going to sign him. They're not going to sign him. Talk
0: about him, Jay. Who is it? Mr. Tony Pollard Ray. Ray's RB1 in 2023. So, Ray, but the thing is, though, I never really expected Pollard to sign. I didn't really expect the Cowboys to want to pay him. They already got a lot of money on the books. They already made the big mistake with Zeke. So, what do they do with Tony Pollard beyond this season? I'm not too sure. Maybe he gets franchise tagged a couple times, but looks great this season. And I know that you have a lot of thoughts on the running back position for the Dallas Cowboys, but Pollard should have his best year by far. Mm-hmm. They should run him into the absolute dirt. But the biggest question on everyone's mind, Ray, and people want to know from you, you got the Dallas hat, you're tapped into the market, you know you got the insiders and the info. The Dallas Cowboys all offseason have been linked to running backs because there's no way they walk into the season with Tony Pollard. They had the most carries from running backs last season because both Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott, I believe Tony Pollard was close if he didn't hit it, were right around 200. So they were over 430 carries to the running back position last season. How do you feel about Tony Pollard into this season? You said he could be your RB one, but more particularly about Dallas signing a running back to complement Tony Pollard.
1: Um, I don't think they do. Oh, I don't think I don't think they're going to. I don't think oh. they're going to. I think that they are. I mean, training camp starts like this week, next week, man. Yeah, they're, like it starts next week, absent an injury. I think they are going to roll in this season with Malik Davis, Ronald Jones, Rico Dottle, Deuce Vaughn, and they are going to mm-hmm. listen, and people don't like to hear this, Jay, but you go through the history of Dallas and what they've done as an organization with the running backs, and I'm going to throw some names out there that people don't even remember. Guarantee they don't even remember. Troy Hambrick, right? Troy. People don't even know who the hell Troy Hambrick is. Troy Hambrick, Marion Barber, DeMarco Murray, Uh, uh, All of these guys, right? Tony Pollard, later drafted guy, you know, third rounder, fourth rounder. Dallas has a history of just stashing these guys and then giving them a chance. Whether they're good or bad, we have no idea. I think they're going to roll with Malik Davis and Ronald Jones. I really do. All they need them to do is slam it up the gut absorb some carries, keep Tony Pollard fresh. Pollard's not at a a season where he's had over 195 rush attempts. Last year was a career high for him. I think yep. he gets a little uptick in volume because he's the guy, but let's keep him fresh. I want to keep Tony Pollard averaging five yards a rush attempt, right? I want to keep him explosive. I just, I don't, if I'm Dallas, why am I going to go pay four net when I'm paying these other three, four running backs combined less than what I have to pay Fournette less than what Kareem Hunt would want. It's running back, man. And although these names are not sexy, we've seen time and time again players that we absolutely know nothing about coming in the NFL, and you're running to go get that Craig Reynolds off of Ravers. You're running to go get Kenyon Drake, who's been in and out of football off waivers. It's I, I hate to say this because there is, there are levels to this, but it's just yeah. a running back, dude. Like I don't. I, why do I need to go pay Fournette? Kareem Hunt. I don't think they're going, I don't think they're going to bring anybody in, absent an injury to one of those guys. I think it's going to be that hodgepodge of running backs and then Tony Pollard. I think that's what they're going to do.
0: Yeah, Ray, I think you made a lot of good points about that. And and you didn't even mention one guy that popped into my head was uh, post-Achilles Deontay Foreman, right? Like, third-round draft pick, drafted high, like a decent draft capital, tears his Achilles, Tashar and still Choice. comes back. Tashar Choice, there's another back, one. Right? Thank you, Elwood. I saw Felix Jones in the well, chat, too. Well, but like, Felix was a. Fr- i I'm, I'm talking about
1: guys that weren't crazy. drafted high. Felix was a first-rounder. But Tashar Choice, another good one. And he got opportunity in Dallas. They... They just do this year after year. And the fact that Davis got on the field last year and looked okay just leads me to believe they're going to just try him in training camp and we'll see. So the big thing is I don't think Dallas is going to re-sign Tony Pollard. Like, I just don't. I do not believe they're going to re-sign Tony Pollard. I think that they are going to run him into the ground this year. And I was looking, me and Marcus Moser were talking. Me and Marcus Moser were talking. Like, I saw him, and I just paying a fifth-year running back – coming off of yeah. a significant injury, I just don't see it happen. And I, I and I tweeted it out yesterday. Enjoy this season the Tony Pollard, Cowboys fans, because I don't know. I just, I don't, I think they know. Jo- another one, Joe Randall, another one of these later drafted running backs that Dallas just throws out there. I'm telling you, they just do it. So everybody yeah. out there, oh, there's no way Ronald Jones, there's no way they can go in with Malik Davis. They're gonna do it, man. Marcus, talk to him, baby. Tell him what we do in Dallas. They're gonna do it. They're gonna roll in with Jones and Davis and see what it do. But enjoy Tony Pollard this year because he's probably gonna be in another team next year. Jay probably
0: going so, to be. So you're on saying another team no extension? Today, I don't think so. No, but he will be there for week one, which I think we both. Oh yeah, we both Tony, can agree Pollard, on that.
1: Tony Pollard will be there for week one, no doubt about it. He'll be there for week one. Right now in dynasty, yeah. I'm just looking at where he's ranked, Tony Pollard. Keep trade cut, has him as RB13, 26 years old, behind Ramondre, behind Eckler, behind Chubb, behind Kenneth Walker, just a tick ahead of Javante and Najee Harris. Uh, somebody asked, do we trade Pollard in Dynasty?
0: If he if he blows up and you can get a pretty good price, I mean, I guess it depends on where you're at. You probably should. You but should if you have to. Pollard, you're probably a contender, right? If you're like,
1: contending, I'm riding the points. If I'm contending... Yeah. True content. And I'm not talking about the if everything goes right for me, contender, but you look at you're like, this is a good fucking team. Like I'm contending. Yeah. I'm riding Pollard. If you can get out, if you can get, what would you what would be your bottom drop dead price that you'd get out of Tony Pollard for? Drop dead price. Let me just ask you. Let me just ask you. A single random 24 first. Random single. I don't know where you I think
0: be. a first you have to any any running back who isn't like again, he he's Man. older than Josh. Right. He's older than Josh Jacobs. And you're telling me you and jo, can you get a first Josh Jacobs? Maybe, right? Because people don't like Josh Jacobs. Let me give you one let me Tony give you a Pollard, people like.
1: Let me give you a package. Gibson and a first for Pollard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I, it's second? funny. I was actually, I was actually thinking about like Tank Bigsby. Well, I, I was going to work second.
1: My, I was going to work my way down. I'm going
0: working my yeah. way down.
1: What about Tajay Spears in a first? I'm just throwing names out there for your Pollard. It's
0: so gross, but I yeah. Just, if I'm going to take any first, then yeah, I would take Tajay on top.
1: Okay. I think would you, you
0: got to take any first if you're le- out of contention. Okay,
1: so let's go with the second. Would you take Roshan in a second for Tony Pollard? Yes. James I think Cook I'd in a second. It.
0: I think you probably should. Mm-mm. I know you don't like, you're kind of out Mm-mm. on James Cook right now. Mm-mm. You're kind of out on James Cook Mm-mm. right now.
1: Acre, acres, Acres in a second.
0: Yeah, I think you could I think you could swing that. I think you could swing that. I think it's just, you know, Acres is tough because you have, I, I'd want a young running back, right? Who maybe has some upside and value. That's where I was looking at like a Tank Bigsby who could carve out a role in Jacksonville, Roshan Johnson, James Cook again. We may know what he is, so maybe not, but it's, it's tough to trade a Pollard, but realistically like, a first plus is gonna be a tough ask for any running back. Unless you're unless you're trading Bijan Robinson, like even Saquon Barkley. Like, I don't know that many people are trading first and seconds for Saquon Barkley. All right.
1: So, so Job ja Webb will, said, ja Webb said no second with anyone. Let me give you one last second. Would you go uh Zach Charbonnet in a second for Tony Pollard?
0: Yeah, yeah, I would. I would. Okay. All right. Just question. Because I think you're 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 looking you're looking at a pretty what I expect to be a pretty good 150, 200-touch season, which isn't great, but it's replaceable level. You can work with that second. And again, if you want out on Tony Pollard, this is the kind of packages you have to look at. No one's going to just send you a first and second for Tony I Pollard like this. unless I it's like, like this, mid-season Patrick. or something.
1: I like this. So Patrick said, I got Pollard for this year's 112 and Elijah Moore, and he's a contender, so he yeah, traded this year good 112. What is that? Uh, Devon, A-Chain, Miller,
0: Devon A chain, yeah, A chain like,
1: and Elijah Moore for Tony Pollard, smash deal.
0: Yeah, we liked nine guys in this class, and that was, a, that was about when the drop off really happened. Yeah, and you just job, Jonathan Mingo, he got Will, he got Will le-
1: le- le- traded Will Levis and. Yeah. And whatever. That's that's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. Especially if you're contending, Patrick. Good shit. All right, Jay. The big news, man. Let's get to the big dog, man. We playing around and flirting around with it. Big news, baby. Thank Nuke.
0: God, Ray. Finally. Thank we can God. stop talking oh, about my this. Goodness.
1: Good Lord. DeAndre
0: Hopkins signed to the Tennessee Titans. Two years, Ray, $26 million. I don't think we have official guarantees on that. I would imagine it's kind of like a one-on-one, one-year guaranteed with a second year on top of that. I believe it was $13 million in the first year, up to $15 million with incentives. Hidden incentives seem low until you look at the Tennessee offense and realize that they don't pass a lot. But, Ray, first off, we have to talk about DeAndre Hopkins in Tennessee. How do you like the fit next to Traylon Burks? Just talking about DeAndre Hopkins.
1: Yeah, I like the fit a lot. I think um I think having two receivers that I think their skill sets complement one another at this stage of their career. Traylon Burks, a little more juice, a little more explosive, probably gonna play downfield a little bit more, looking at the explosive option. You get the veteran and uh DeAndre Hopkins, who is still one of the best intermediate commanders of the football in in the NFL, in my opinion. I know that he is not the same. Well, I think with the Hopkins our mind is goes back a couple of years ago 2020 2019 2018 he's not that same type of player but is he an effective an effective wide receiver that still commands the respective NFL defenses one thousand percent Jay um I I like the fit I, you know Tennessee we all know that they were devoid of talent at the wide receiver position honestly Probably the worst wide receiver room in the NFL right now yep, Not even or, close. Or before Hopkins was, yeah. were the Tennessee Titans. I think they were the worst wide receiver room in the league. They already are looking like they're going to have one of the worst offenses in the NFL last year. We talked about that at the top of the show that they, according to PFF, they had the worst pass blocking grade uh, in the NFL last year, right behind, uh, right, right in front of the Cincinnati Bengals. So I still have concerns about the Tennessee offense in general. But, Jay, we've been talking so long about Tennessee and what they were going to do and how the AFC South is automatically the Jacksonville Jaguars division now. This signifies they're just going to go for it again. Mike Vrabel said, yep. we're not tanking. We're going for it again. We're not trading Derrick Henry. Not, we're not getting rid of Ryan Tannehill. Damn it, we're doubling down. We're bringing Henry back. We're bringing in DeAndre Hopkins. We're giving him Mm -hmm. $26 million, and we're going to try to win the division in 2023. I think from a fit standpoint, it fits. It works well. they are two receivers who complement one another. I think that they will work well in tandem. I think they're going to work well with Henry. And I'm not as panicked as the rest of the fantasy football world because as I look at it yesterday, everybody's dead. Traylon's dead. Chigo Conquo. I even saw somebody yep. say stock down for Derrick Henry. This this was a stock down <laughs> for Derrick. Everybody, just every everybody except Kyle Phillips is, is is losing right now. But I think that's that's what we need to talk about is how this signing impacts. Let's just start with let's just start with DeAndre Hopkins, right? Let me get your take okay. on what this signing and here he goes right here does for Nuke. Talk to me about what this does for Hopkins.
0: I think it's really interesting to look at what he could do in tennessee and it's it's so easy to go back and say oh man remember when they got julio jones and when they got andre johnson and when they got randy moss and none of those guys worked out i wouldn't say deandre hopkins is quite there yet i wouldn't edge his tombstone quite yet for hopkins but i think he's probably going to play in the slot a little bit more than people expect the question is, is what does the target breakdown ultimately look like for these guys I think Hopkins could lead the, lead the team in targets, but it just depends on how much do they pass, right? We talked about this all the time, and people always rag on me because I hate the Titans offense, but the reality is they threw the ball only five four hundred 456 times last year. Like, they didn't throw the ball at all, and you already mentioned they had the worst offensive line in of football. Now, they did draft Peter Skronsky at the 11th pick. Thank God, because they def- desperately needed him. But getting Nuke Hopkins should open things up for the run game, in my opinion, more so than it hurts the offense overall. And it's great for Tannehill. But Hopkins, I mean, like, realistically, is he going to see more than 120 targets, Ray? Do you know how long ago you have to go back to have a Titans receiver to have 120 targets? Not a tight end. And if you can name that tight end, Ray, bonus points for you. Danny Walker. Delaney Walker, 130 bro, targets in bro, two different seasons like for the Tennessee Titans. I'm like football almanac, dog. I just, I, I, I love this shit. You can't, you can't triviate me. Let's go. The last time a Titans wide receiver had 120 plus targets, not even 130, just 120. And it was just, not AJ Brown. <laughs> I promise you I that. just,
1: did I just say the answer?
0: No, that's the tight end. Give me the receiver. Oh, the receiver? What year? What year? Not even the receiver because you won't get the receiver. But what year was the last time that a Titans wide receiver had 120 plus targets? Titans receiver,
1: 120 plus targets. Man, Jay. I don't know. It's ugly. You got to go year. all the way back. Give me back. The year. Let me see if I can get the guest receiver. What year? Here. Let me. T- uh, no, no. Give let me, some, oh, give t- me t- This is fu- Give me. It a- was,
0: it was DeAndre Hopkins. It's rookie season. Which was what? 2013, 2014, 2013. DeAndre Hopkins
1: rookie season. Man. 2013. Yeah. Who was the damn. Kendall Wright,
0: right? Kendall, Kendall Wright. Right out of Baylor. Oh. 100, 139 wow. targets. Nate Washington. 105 targets oh boy now Nate now
1: Washington. for the quarterbacks
0: now for the quarterbacks oh boy fantasy friendly quarterback Kerry collins chucks it up no, no 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 you're thinking too old still very like fantasy relevant in today's day and age he's retired now chucks it up played on a ton of teams very highly educated at that and the other quarterback probably the titans most famous bust of a first round quarterback in recent memory jake locker Jake Locker. Yep. Ryan and Fitzpatrick. And now the fantasy friendly and Ryan Fitzpatrick in Tennessee. Wow. Of course, the last time the Titans had a wide receiver goal of 120 targets, Jake Locker was the quarterback and he was replaced <sighs> midseason by Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they threw the ball 533 times. Dirty. Oh man. Yeah. Long time ago. Ain't, ain't no Corey Davis. Ain't no AJ Brown. Nope. You got to go way further back. Now, I think Corey Davis did have a 116 somewhere in there. I think in his rookie year or or a second season. um, That was back in 20. I'm just still stuck on Kendall. I'm
1: still stuck on the last Titans. That's 10 years ago. 10 10 years ago. (laughs)
0: All right, and man. The, but right this offense hasn't changed. It's the same offense. <laughs> Doesn't matter who you put in there. It's, it's, it's the same offense. It's literally it's running been this, through Derek Henry. It's
1: literally been the same offense since Steve McNair, rest in peace Steve McNair and Eddie George. They went to the Super yep. Bowl versus the greatest show on. Th- it's been the same offense for honestly like 30 years. They just run the ball. Since Earl yep. Campbell was there 50 years ago, it's been the same offense, man. Um but 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 we talk about, so how, good, me, okay. we talk about yeah, how efficient, how good Ryan Tannehill is and how he doesn't have yep. anybody to throw to. Well, now you got two guys. You got Burks and you got Hopkins. So do you think one of the things that we can see, because you've got to look at things from both sides of the fence, right? I talked about this on the Untitled Show. You can't just be, it's only this outcome. You got to look at it from both sides. So is there a world in which Ryan Tannehill is still this efficient guy that we thought he was, then now that he's got two – Receivers that are capable of getting open, threatening defenses with a young tight end that can do the same with a solid running game. Is this a world in which Tannehill can find success with these two pass catchers? Because even during the A.J. Brown time, there was only A.J. Brown. So if I'm the defense, I'm only
0: at receiver. Don't don't give me Julio Jones. Okay. No, was, no, no, no. So cooked. let's, let's, no, let's, Julio no, was cooked on. by that point. Let's, let's, let's go back. Let's revisit some history, right? You said okay. two receivers, capable, and Ryan Tannehill, hyper effective, great mm-hmm. passer. That you go straight to 2020. Ryan Tannehill's big breakout season with Tennessee when he threw for 34 touchdowns and ran for seven, right? So yeah, massive touchdown, much down year from Ryan Tannehill. The leading target getter was A.J. Brown. He had 106 targets. Next on the list was Corey Davis, who had 92. Both those guys average 15 yards per reception. And that's really the problem for DeAndre Hopkins is that, yes, Ryan Tannehill can be super accurate and hyper-target these guys for, you know, for the Tennessee offense only had 468 targets, but DeAndre Hopkins only averages around like 11, 12 yards per reception. He's not gonna be this 15 yards per reception guy that he will probably have to be if he's going to get 1,000 yards in a season. He's gonna have to be at 120 targets, 130 targets. And to the point about Chiggy, I think Chiggy's actually really safe. They've been targeting the tight end around 60 times a year for the past three seasons. I don't think that's gonna change at all. When you talk about Chiggy and what to expect from him, maybe they could add a slightly higher market share for Chiggy Conquo, but it's probably not gonna be too low and, de- and detrimental to him. But I think the 2020 season is your blueprint. When he threw 106 to AJ Brown, 92 to Corey Davis, both were fine for fantasy. And then you talk about his over under right now ray 850 yards on dk four and a half touchdowns you kind of extrapolate that out a little bit that's about 123 targets 80 receptions about 900 yards if you want to give him that yardage five touchdowns with a 65 percent catch rate which he had last season and 11.2 yards per reception which he had last season for right around 200 fantasy points wide receiver 24 in total points Tied with around D.J. Moore, Chris Olave, Zay Jones, and just below Jerry Judy, 11.7 PPR points per game, which is in the range of Alan Lazard, Judas smith Gabe Davis, Zay Jones, and D.J. Moore. Which is okay, but probably a little bit higher than well, we're I, expecting for well, him right now.
1: Well, well, I think that's what has to be, that's the context that's missing, Jay, is what are your expectations for DeAndre Hopkins? Do you still view him as a 1,400, 1,300-yard receiver and I don't think I do at this point in his career. You can't. So, the, so, the ceiling
0: is right. not there.
1: So you're not you're not drafting him to be Jamar Chase. Well, you're not drafting him to be Justin Jefferson. You, well, you should. There's no well about it. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be drafting a 31 year old receiver is, on a people new. People are though, aren't well, they? They. I just said you shouldn't. I don't. I know people are, but your expectations should be adjusted for what to expect from Hopkins this season. Like I don't. I don't think he's going out there and getting 14 1500 yards. So my expectations no are, are are set appropriately for him. He goes out there like this is this is I'm with you. I am not dooming this is where I just I just this is why I can't talk to a lot of fantasy football people because everybody's just dead. One receiver signs on a team that had nobody, Jay. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> and everyone's dead. Chig is dead. Treylon's not going to be I think they're going to be fine. They're going to be what they were in that off if they're good they're gonna, if they are the players that we think they are, they're going to produce, man. Like I'm not I'm not worried about it. Like it's three pass catchers. Okay.
0: Yeah, there's and really it's okay. just well it's two because it's, Chiggy like it's kind of separate. Like he's going to get his targets. I think that the the idea that Chig is dead is a really bad take because I just, I, they're not gonna hyper target these guys because they never have. And if they do, that would be a pleasant surprise, right. not a bad situation for us. So I think if we just project kind of the status quo, maybe a slight uptick around 25% target share, that would be around 125, 130 targets. And that'd be pretty good. It just depends on how efficient is he and how many touchdowns does he score. But realistically, you're probably looking at right around a back end wide receiver two with potentially some upside. Side, but not a ton of upside like we could have saw in New England under Bill O'Brien, where he probably would have seen like 150 targets.
1: And Chris said it. Chris said, I'm with Ray on this one. Everyone needs to breathe. I just think, listen, is this... What would you rather have? And, I, and and it's a philosophical conversation from a gamesmanship standpoint. Would you rather have only one receiver in the room, defenses know you only got one, so they just scheme and make that that player's job a lot harder, right? They just... Yep. hyper focus in on Treylon or would you rather have another receiver to draw coverage away, draw some attention away, you can allow your two receivers to run unimpeded. They're not going to be able to shut up, they're not going to be able to assign safety over top of both and you still have the running back in Derrick Henry from a scheme and just football thing. Like this is good. It's the same it's 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 the same thing that people said when A.J. Brown was traded to Philadelphia, that Devontae Smith is dead. There's no way, no way, yeah. Ray GQ, that Jalen Hurts can throw the ball to anybody other than A.J. Brown. Just not going to happen. Then A.J. Brown goes out there and smashes, and Devontae Smith is right behind him smashing. And that, and I'm not comparing Tannehill to Jalen Hurts, but what I am saying is I'm not concerned, bro. Like, it's two receivers in an NFL offense. Like, what the— f- what are we doing? Like, he's an NFL quarterback. You don't think he could throw the ball to more than one receiver? Like just from a just from a, a ten thousand foot view, do you think that he is incapable of throwing to two receivers? Like what are we? Absolutely do- not. And what? Why are we here in fantasy football? That if you're not the only, it's it's got to be you or nobody. It's got. Yep. Well, Ray, they're only going to throw the ball two hundred times, so it's got to go. I just I just think that it's it it is unnecessarily panic-induced propaganda being tossed around in fantasy. It's just insane to me, man.
0: Ray, okay, so let's play a little Would You Rather here to see how you feel about DeAndre Hopkins. I love this game. Do you want Jerry Judy or DeAndre Hopkins? Give me Judy. Christian Watson or DeAndre Hopkins? Man. Really? Okay. Botafide Probably number one on the team. You
1: talking about in dynasty or redraft?
0: Redraft, like for this season, seasonal, like, like yeah, yeah, for seasonal, First season, not for, not for dynasty.
1: Yeah, give me, give me, uh, give me Nuke,
0: give me Nuke. Okay, Drake give me London. Nuke. This is actually a very similar situation when you think about it, but I think the targets will be more concentrated in Atlanta mm. than they will be in Tennessee.
1: Mm, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They're, they're, they're going. They're, go, they're going back to on underdog. All five. They're all very those similar. Guys, they're all. They're all right there. I'd probably take. Yep. I'd probably take Nuke, man. I'd probably take the quarterback of Tannehill over Desmond Ritter for this year with Bijan. Okay. I'd probably, I'd probably take Nuke.
0: Same situation, Terry McLaurin. We know he's got Sam Howell. How do we feel about it? God, we don't man. really know how to feel about it. Would you man. take Terry McLaurin or DeAndre Hopkins?
1: Probably Nuke. Okay. Yeah, right? great.
0: You're, you're, you're higher than ADP right now. Mike Williams or DeAndre talk, Hopkins?
1: I'll probably take Mike. I'll take I'll take Herbert and Mike going this down This This
0: is a great one. DJ Moore or DeAndre Hopkins? You mentioned his projections right around what Who DJ Moore you did last season. You hate
1: DJ Moore. Who would you rather have, Moore or Hopkins? I would,
0: I'd probably take Hopkins, honestly. Man, I feel pick, very good about the targets that DeAndre Hopkins team, is going to get over DJ Moore. Teams,
1: you pick teams with all shaky-ass quarterbacks. George Pickens or
0: Hopkins? Oh, Hopkins. All day. Christian Kirk or Hopkins? Kirk. That's tough. I'll take yeah, Christian Kirk. I'll probably Kirk. take Kirk. I'll take Christian Ayuk, Kirk. We'd probably Ayuk. take Iyuk. Deontay Johnson. Just kinda, I'd probably take Johnson. I think they could have similar seasons, honestly. Yeah,
1: sh- uh, I
0: don't know, man. I don't know. Chris Godwin with Kyle Trask at quarterback. Because <sighs> now there's reports that Kyle Dude, Trask might start. How
1: How are quarterbacks this bad in the NFL? How Like, every team you're naming, their quarterback is just bad. It's just Marquise bad. Marquise Brown with Clayton Toon. Give me Hollywood, baby. Give me Hollywood. Give me Hollywood. All right, Jay, we got a couple of we got a couple of other little quick hitting news items. Just hit, hit us with those real quick, man.
0: All right, so we have Darnell Moody is expected to be ready for a training camp, which is a little bit surprising. I believe good he tore his ACL right last season, so good for him to get back on the field. This is kind of interesting, Ray. The Athletic Zach Rosenblatt believes Michael Carter will begin the season as the Jets' number two running back behind Brees Hall. I think a role that we all would like to have on our rosters because the Jets seem determined to run (laughs) the ball, whether it's with Brees Hall or Michael Carter or Zonovan Knight or Dalvin Cook or Landon Fournette uh, or Zeke Elliott. We don't know who the hell is going to be playing running back, but someone's going to, and they're going to be running a lot. And we know this system with Hackett, with Aaron Rodgers, lots of running backs are viable, multiple guys going 150 carries. There will be options available. But then there's also the report that the Jets... Uh, oh, yeah, the Jets will be on hard knocks. Did We never talked about that. But Brees Hall says, you know, this is according to him, and we haven't, listened, ha- haven't heard from Miss McDaniel in a long time. But Brees Hall said he's been ready for week one. So that's good news. People who have been drafting Brees Hall pretty high. What does that mean? Nothing. Javante Williams wants to be ready for training camp. We don't care what you say, Javante. Show me on the field. But I think that Brees Hall will be ready. So that's good. The Boston Globe's Ben Vonlin reports the question of how third-year quarterback Mac Jones is viewed inside the Patriots' oh. locker room depends on who you ask which is probably the best quote ever. how do you feel about your starting quarterback well it depends, depends on who you who ask, you ask. <laughs> oh, man. the mac ultimate jones. indictment on the quarterback is well it depends who you ask and mike reese also reports that patriots wide receiver Tyquan thornton who now with Devontae parker looking like the stock could be up for both these guys deandre hopkins will not be in the fold someone's got to catch pass for mac jones how good are those passes? Depends who you ask. But Depends on Taequann, who you ask. Right? How good are those passes? Terrible. Depends who you ask. Tyquan Thornton will probably potentially start on the active PUP. He's managing a soft tissue injury. So we'll see if he's on the PUP. Not a big deal overall. And then, Ray, the best piece of news, Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek Hill said his goal in 2023 is to break 2,000 receiving yards, which I legitimately think he could have done if Tua played the whole season. If Tua was there the whole season, he's probably breaking two thousand receiving yards.
1: Yeah, man, I like it. Um, God depends, depends who you on ask going to be the ask. new the
0: new quote of the year. Depends who you ask. Quote.
1: That is the new Zimmer. I need audio of that. Depends on who you ask. Oh my! Uh, could you imagine? Depends who you ask. It's going to be interesting so to watch those New England Patriots. Uh, no, it Jay? Won't.
0: don't no. say that. Don't <laughs> give the people hope. <laughs> well, I want to see. I want to see what happens. Ramondre Stevenson and nobody else.
1: All right. Well, uh, Jay, I got to say, I got to give a shout out to everybody that was in Dallas at the live Scott Fish Bowl event. Got to meet a lot of people from the Fantasy Space, man. Uh, my boy Marcus was there, Gene, Cody from uh, Overreaction Pod. It was good to see everybody. Uh, shout out to Scott Fish and the Scott Fish Bowl. everybody uh, that participates in that and, and doing great things for Fantasy Cares. Uh, Jay, good show today, baby. Good stuff. Yeah.
0: Good stuff. Lucky you, um, your your SFB draft is over. Mine's no, no, it's no, still no, no, along. no. We
1: we all left at round ten. It's still going along. Oh we really? Just, we only That's did the so live funny. part through through ten rounds. People had to go. But in case people were living under a rock and some people didn't know, Jay Rich and I have a new show uh, that just dropped on uh, Destination Debbie, uh, the podcast feed a couple of weeks ago, entitled "With Me" and then "Straight to the Bank." Jay's show comes out on Tuesdays. Mine comes out on Saturdays. Make sure you tap into that. The All Gas Newsletter dropped on Friday last week. A lot of good content in there. It's free 99. Link in the description below. Destination Dynasty came out today. We got straight to the bank tomorrow. Overreaction on Wednesday. Off the line Thursday in 4D Chess. On Friday, Jay, anything you wanted to say to the people before we get out of here today, man? We got a couple of super chats that I want to get to, but I wanna, uh, I'm want i going to get you off of the screen and then answer those.
0: No, just thanks for tuning in. Um, but yeah, I'm going to do a deep dive on the Titans, and I'll also be talking about, so I've mentioned the DeAndre Hopkins book line. I'll be talking about a lot more book lines, whether I do it in a two-part series or not for the pod uh, because there's some very interesting lines out there. You think some of these guys would be up at a thousand yards and really they're not. So I, I will be referencing that a little bit more. If you listen to the first episode on the Atlanta Falcons, I talked about Kyle Pitts versus Drake London and their book lines and kind of their range of outcomes overall. We'll be doing the Titans this week, mixed in with some other information, maybe talking to some quarterbacks and running backs as far as their book lines and what we should expect for them. Patrick Mahomes, though, still pretty good with an over under of forty eight hundred passing yards, which is good absurdly Lord. high. All right,
1: David, my boy, David from Across the Pond. I see this show, 195. Hopefully, you guys have something special, marked for the 200th show. Congrats. Keep doing what you both do. Thank you, David. And, uh, Jay, Two hundred show. We got to do something special for this 200th episode, man. We got to do something special for episode 200. Is that so we're making no. 200, he said, 200 he said on... He said we're at oh, 195. One? He pays attention. He pays attention. He actually does something for the show, man. He pays attention. Thank you. I um, well, I have an old one.
0: list, so we're like up over 280 or something <laughs> for the for the full list.
1: Yeah, we got a bunch. Uh, another one from David. He said, "With the Raiders' schedule, division plus the AFC East, are they your favorites in the Caleb stakes? Caleb Williams? No, they're not my favorites. No. I still think still it's still Houston." Um, it's still Arizona. <laughs> it's Arizona still. I think uh, I, I think the Cardinals are going to be pretty bad this year, David. I think the Raiders Raiders should sneak into a couple of wins just offensively, as long as Hopkins is out there. The eleven games that we get from Josh Jacobs, they should sneak a couple of wins. And then David hit us with one more. He said, "Best show ever with the Titans." Hate more next week, please. Appreciate you, David. We ain't hating on the Titans, man. We don't. We ain't hating on the Titans. We just uh, calling it how we see it, at least from our our point of view, but now nah, I appreciate everybody being here in the building this morning. It was a good show. Uh, Jay, I'm rocking one of my... Uh, this is a Dallas Dallas local brand right here. My home oh, girl, my okay. homegirl, Labeled LV, man. They got these shirts, man. Got shorts and shit. So go to LabeledLV.com and get you some of these dope shirts. Uh, got to support local brands. But appreciate everybody out there that supports Destination Devi that watches this show. If you watched it, you enjoyed it, you found it actionable, entertaining, or you think Jay Rich is batshit crazy for his top running back of all time, what? hit the thumbs up button, like, and subscribe to the channel. We got a lot of dope stuff coming. And uh, we got training camp starting this week, next week. So as we progress to the season. Tomorrow,
0: baby. Tomorrow. As we progress. It's going to be all over Twitter. Let's as go. As we
1: progress, we will talk more training camp stuff. And Jay, real quick, a lot of people crapping on the quarterback show on Netflix. Did you watch it, QB? Did you watch the quarterback I show? I did. Yes. I
0: thought it was great. I don't I, thought it was I don't good get too, the man. hate, man. But I thought it was good, I, too. Let me, just, let me just say this. If you hated quarterback, but you like hard knocks, you are the biggest hypocrite in the world. Those are both storyline-based shows. You don't learn a damn thing about football in either of them. So don't tell me one is significantly better than the other. They're basically the same thing, just a little bit different. I would change things about quarterback, but Kirk Cousins, damn star of the show. Great show. Love every Cousins minute is a, Kirk was Cousins awesome is a insight to playing quarterback Kirk that Cousins, was really cool I Kirk
1: Cousins that. is the star of the show but we appreciate everybody being here and we'll see y'all next Monday wake up getting back to three days a week real soon but until mm-hmm. then we'll see y'all next Monday y'all have a blessed week y'all be great make it awesome and tap into everything that we do at Destination Devi y'all be easy I love y'all I'm out peace before y'all close off of the video I just want to say thank you for checking out the content on Destination Devi really appreciate every single view that we get And the only thing that I ask is that you hit the thumbs up button, like the content, subscribe to the channel. And if you can, comment below for the algorithm really helps the channel grow. Now, if you want more exclusive access to me and the entire Destination Debbie team, patreon.com forward slash all gas gives you that access. Now, if your money's a little funny, we do have free content for you. Make sure you subscribe to the All Gas newsletter. There's a link in the description of this video below. And subscribe to the Destination Debbie podcast radio feed, where we got all types of shows hitting airwaves every single week now y'all can get out of here i appreciate y'all tapping in it's all gas all the time i love y'all i'm out of this thing peace